Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. We're continuing our Christmas message. This is the third of five. You'll want to check out the others, but uh, you know, Jesus the carpenter is what we're talking about. You know, Joseph taught Jesus at an early age how to be a carpenter. And as you know, carpenters, you know, back in those days, first way, first thing they had to do is go out and find a tree. And so, you know, they would cut down the tree, they would skin it, and they would shape it, cut it, saw it. And so, you know, it's no coincidence that uh, he became um, a carpenter um, because he works with us today, um, forms us, shapes us, makes us into the people he wants us to be in. So I don't think it was a coincidence that he was a carpenter um, early on there. And uh, and so I believe he works with his people today um, just like a carpenter back then would work on wood um, to make something out of it. Um, and so <clears throat> we have to remember, though, in this, we have to remember Christ's sovereignty. It's one of the most important principles in Christian theology. And uh, so Christ, first of all, is described in the Bible as all-powerful and all-knowing. Okay, we read in Psalms 147, verse 5, it says, Great is our majestic and mighty Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is inexhaustible infinite, boundless. I like the amplified version there. Um, so God's country. What is God's country? When I'm speaking about God's country, I'm talking about his um, um, omnipotent. God is omnipotent, um, meaning Christ uh, has a plan. Okay, and so that's an area where a lot of times we journey out and we wonder, well, has, does God really know what's going on here? Um, should I do something? No, a lot of times we have to remember he has a plan um, for our lives. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven tells us uh, the Lord um, has a plan for us, plans to prosper us, give us hope in the future. And a lot of times we don't have to worry about what that is. We just trust that he has a plan for us. Um, so we have to remember he is omnipotent. Christ is omnipotent, and so he has a country of his own that we don't have to journey out to and wonder what that is. We just trust that he has a plan. And so the word omnipotent actually comes from omni, meaning all, and potent, meaning power. So we read in Ephesians 3.20, the Apostle Paul writes to the body of Christ, and he says, Now to him who is able to do more than we can ever ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul gets encouragement from the Lord in Second Corinthians 12.9 when the Lord speaks to him and says, My grace is sufficient. My power is working best through weakness. And so... We know that in verse 10 there, that that's why Paul um, decided, hey, it's a good thing to boast in our weaknesses, because when we are weak, then we are strong. And also remember, Christ is omnipresent. He's everywhere all at once. Whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so remember, the prefix omni comes from the Latin meaning all. 
So to say that Christ is omnipresent is to say that Christ is present everywhere all at once. Yes, even in the unbeliever. Now, I didn't say that unbelievers are born again, but he is in everything created, holding it all together. So they are, we have, um, we who are in Christ, and there are those unbelievers that are held together by him. They are not in him, we are. Christ is also omniscient. What is that word, omniscient? Omniscience is defined as a state of having total knowledge and quality of knowing everything. For Christ to be sovereign over his creation of all things, whether visible or invisible, he has to be all-knowing, say. So his omniscience is not restricted to any one person in the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, are all by nature omniscient. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us anyone in Christ is a new creature, Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Also, we have to remember our identity. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. So, <clears throat> one God, three functions. Colossians 2.9 tells us that uh, in him is the fullness of the Godhead. And so, the fullness of God is in the body of Christ. One God, three functions. They're always present within us. Okay, so as God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, remember our identity is in Him. And so remember, Christ knows everything. 1 John 3.10 basically says God knows everything. There's nothing He doesn't know about. Okay, Philippians 1.6 tells us now, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. This is discipleship. Um, Paul is referring to that starts at the moment of conversion, and it goes with us clear till the time we're absent from the body present with the Lord. And so remember that uh, as children of God, John 1.12 tells us, To all who received him, to them who believed in his name, Jesus Christ, God has given us the right to be called children of God. So this applies to all of us in Christ. So God wants to reveal um, his glory in us, and he wants to form us into the image of his glory. Okay, it kind of reminded me of a time when I was walking in a building. I was actually a, a janitor at night, and it was really quiet. And you know the scripture that tells us, he who began a good work will complete it. Well, this is what I heard in my my thoughts. It wasn't an audible. It was not an audible voice. It was just a thought I had. Image for image. Wow. And I knew what that meant because I knew as a carpenter lived in me in the person of Christ, he was going to form me and use things and disciple me and train me to become like him. You know, you ever heard you become like the people you hang out with? Well, that's uh, our carpenter, Jesus the carpenter. Remember, a carpenter, I used to be a carpenter um, for a little while. I wasn't that good at it, and that was not my skill or interest. But it was a, a moment in time, and uh, I had the tools and the bag and nail bag and all that stuff, and I failed miserably at it. But one thing I learned about carpentry is they do a lot of cutting, shaping, forming, 
um, and, and they're shooting for an image, you know. They're trying to make an image out of a bunch of wood. And so that's kind of like us. At conversion, we're like a bunch of wood, and now he has to make us into something, form us into the people he wants us to be in. So we always have to remember he's sovereign over our lives. Remember, Proverbs 3.12 tells us the Lord's discipline, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Have you ever heard that? Well, brother, sister, the Lord's going to discipline you because he, he disciplines those he loves. He's like a father who disciplines the son he is pleased with. Keep in mind what the Lord's discipline is. Okay, it's not what you think it is. It's not, you know, oh my gosh, he's going to get me. He's out to get me now. I'm taking it too far. He's going to come and bust my legs and put me over his shoulders and teach me how to depend on him. No, that's not what discipline means, folks. The Lord's discipline in the Greek word, the Greek word for discipline means to train, to train up a child so they mature and realize their full potential. This requires necessary discipline, meaning training. Educate. It means to educate someone or train somebody, you see. It's not with a belt. So remember, um, the part of speech is a verb. It's something active he's going to do. Something Christ actively does in our lives. He actually trains us, disciples us, teaches us. Nothing better than being taught by the Lord. Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So remember, God allows problems for his glory and to mature us. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, the writer of Hebrews says, No discipline is enjoyable. That word discipline means training. So no training is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. I've, I've been trained by the Lord in this way, and a lot of times it's just on an island with him. Have you ever just felt like you were all alone with Jesus? Well, he's getting you prepared for a season ahead. Like he was alone in the desert with the Father, alone. The Father was preparing for him, preparing him for something big with him. That's, how, that's what he does with us. He puts us on an island with him and he says, I'm enough and I'm going to train you for something that's ahead. So be encouraged. If you feel alone today with Jesus, that's okay. That's a good thing. He's preparing you for something big ahead. Okay, when we think it's all over, he's just getting started. Remember that. And so that's why it's painful. Because a lot of times we're, we feel isolated from family, friends, rejected from people. Okay. So it's painful. That's why um, you're alone with the Trinity. Um, so the rod of love, you've ever heard of the rod of love? You know, you spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, the rod of love is, um, is training. It's just training with the Lord. He just trains us and teaches us. And so there's a lot of good things that he's going to teach us about his love for us. We have to get the revelation of his love in us in order for him to transfer it out. So remember, he wants to transmit what he's placed in us. But in order to do that, he's got to reveal to us his love for us. Remember the Holy Spirit. The God the Father loves us unconditionally. And this has nothing to do with our performance or behavior. So in Christ, remember, the Holy Spirit's job now is to 
to convict the body of Christ of our Father's love for us in Christ as his children and to reveal the Father's love to us and to reveal Christ's love for us. Remember, the Holy Spirit is in us to teach us how to please the Father. And that's through abiding in Christ and living from his life-giving spirit to bear his character. Remember, the catalyst for change in the body of Christ, folks, is to understand God's love for us. Okay? It's not a whip. Okay? And so what changes the body of Christ is knowing our Father's love for us. We love him because he first loved us. Okay? So when we receive the revelation of our Father's love for us, it will give us a desire to want to please him. That's how it works. This has been the third message on the Christmas message. Join us for the next two. Thank you.